0: saints fans pelicans fans mm, let's go this is the black and blue report black is gonna go deep he's got ground
1: touchdown blue down the lane shoots no tip follow in for davis with three tenths of a second
0: wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it? It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings today from the Smoothie King Center studios in downtown New Orleans. I'm Sean Kelly, and we are getting ready for Pelicans basketball at home again tonight. We had a couple of days there between... uh, games sure was nice and I know that allowed the the Pelicans to get back on the practice floor we'll talk about that as we go along today and of course we'll get you ready for tonight's ball game against the Washington Wizards the NFL playoffs move on as we've gotten now to the divisional round pretty fun weekend wild card wise I think at the end of the day though um, the teams that were supposed to win did and that sets up some pretty cool matchups for this weekend the, the weekend, of course, did not go without uh, controversy, as we all know. The officiating in Dallas was awfully interesting yesterday. Special teams, uh, in a couple of cases, were awful over the weekend. I didn't know you could have a playoff team and a punter that, that would be that bad, but apparently that is possible, and we have this shortage, I guess, of punters in the NFL. Who'd have thunk? But Arizona uh, really hurt themselves with special teams, and there were a couple other miscues in yesterday's games as well that were... Um, uh, head shakers maybe is the best way to put it. But uh, Dallas fans are also obviously awfully happy. Uh, they move on, and uh, we're excited to see what happens in Seattle next week as Carolina goes there. Uh, Denver and Indy is a fun storyline, of course, because of Luck and Manning. And then the uh, the um, Baltimore Ravens, hello, um, find a way, and we'll head on up to uh, New England to take on the Patriots, who I think still is probably the number one seed in the AFC. So pretty uh pretty good weekend uh, you know it was still it's still kind of stunk to watch <laughs> the tournament start yesterday without the Saints involved um, I know you're all on the same page as I am on that uh, speaking of the Saints I think we're gonna have some news from Saints camp tomorrow um, and so that will we'll feature that prominently on the black and blue report I don't think there's anything earth-shattering uh, coming out of Saints camp um, that you know you shouldn't read any, anything I don't think but I think there's Uh, Some news or some events to cover tomorrow. I don't want to go into great detail because I don't have a time yet. Uh, Nothing's been officially released by the Saints. So we'll just let you know that tomorrow we got it covered for you here on the Black and Blue Report um, without a problem to say the least. And certainly there'll be live coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and your Saints mobile app. Today's NFL coverage is really good with Steve Weich from the NFL Network. We'll uh, speak to him a little bit later in the show about that. He'll uh, help us get through this past weekend and preview the next. And then, as we mentioned, Pelicans and Wizards tonight. Um, there's a couple of great things about tonight's game. Number one, uh, it's another great opponent to come and watch at the Smoothie King Center. This Washington team is no slouch. They are the real deal at 22-11. and 11. Uh, They bring star power to the building tonight in John Wall and Bradley Beal. Um, and also, um, let's not forget, they've got uh, some bulk in the middle uh, with uh, Nene and uh, Marchingor Tot and then a surefire future Hall of Famer in Paul Pierce. So that should be a lot of fun tonight. A real good test for a Pelicans team that showed us a lot this past Friday against Houston. And a Pelicans team that, and here's the other piece of the big news, gets Eric Gordon back tonight. Um, Eric Gordon uh, said today after shoot-around that he is good to go. I'm pretty sure that he's going to start tonight or head coach Monty Williams. Um, unfortunately, we still won't see the Pelicans at full strength because uh, Tyreek Evans may be a no-go. Uh, he is questionable because he is sick today. So we'll see what happens at 7 o'clock tonight, of course on the Pelicans radio network in Fox Sports New Orleans. But um, there is uh, plenty of momentum, some good stuff here heading into this uh, three-game week for the New Orleans Pelicans. As a matter of fact, um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Eric Gordon talking about playing tonight. We'll hear about what uh, Monty Williams had to say about Eric's big practice yesterday and Drew Holiday, too. And then again a bit later, we'll bring in Steve Whitech from the NFL Network. Lots to cover here on this Monday. Pelicans at home tonight. NFL playoffs going on. Stay with us.
0: pelicans fans be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game quest for the coast presented by chevron help pierre the pelican save the coast in this infinite flying adventure save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises this fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the audubon nature institute quest for the coast presented by chevron available only on the pelicans app Download it today I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales
3: at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from. (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now.
0: Try the Immune Builder smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose.
3: This is Pelican's guard, Eric Gordon, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, I did, did just get word, by the way, and I'm sure by the time that you catch this podcast, you'll have known already. It is Mickey Loomis having a press conference tomorrow at the New Orleans Saints facility. It is scheduled for 10.30 a.m. So I'm assuming, uh, as I'm looking across the uh, table here at Daniel Sallerson, we should have some of that for you tomorrow. If not, run it in its an entirety during Black and Blue Report in case you miss it live. So, um We'll get that for you tomorrow. Again, 1030 from the uh, Saints headquarters on Airline Drive. Okay, back to the basketball for a moment. Tonight, Pelicans at 17 and 16 take on the Washington Wizards. And for the first time in 21 games, they get Eric Gordon back uh, back from a torn labrum in his left shoulder and a separated shoulder that, was, um, that came about, I think, at Utah. Yes, it was at Utah against the Jazz. Uh, the labrum's more the issue than the shoulder. The labrum also helps stabilize that joint, keep that in mind. But... I don't think you could say that things are a okay 100%, but I do think that Eric Gordon has gotten himself back to where he's ready to play and kind of hope for the best. Um, Needless to say, um, and having had a similar injury, this is not the easiest rehab to go through, uh, certainly for a basketball player. And while Eric is all smiles about being back, I don't think there were too many smiles in the process over these last – well, let's see here. Twenty-one games would take us way back into November, obviously. So let's just put it this way. Eric said this morning that uh, this has been a difficult process coming back from this injury.
3: Well, I would almost rather practice on a, with the team normally than than stuff that I was doing while I was rehabbing. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's been good, and uh, everything's been working out well. And uh, I just you know hope I just uh, finish out the rest of the season without you know dealing with too many uh, hits to my shoulder or whatnot.
2: You expect me kind of eased in minutes wise, or full slate of minutes that you normally
3: um, I don't know. I, I think it's you know it's up to coach, but I think it's going to be I'm just going to play go on the like regular and just go out there and play as much as I as long as I can, as much as I can.
2: How's it feeling? soreness in it at all? Well,
3: there's always going to be soreness here and there, but uh, I'm gonna you know I can't make that excuse. I'm just going to go out there and uh, have fun and play.
1: All right, so wish him all the best and certainly ready to have him back. The uh, Pelicans in those 21 games were 10 and 11. Gordon should be ready to go in the starting lineup, and more on that in a moment from head coach Monty Williams. Uh, one guy that's uh, probably going to play closest to Eric and is uh, probably happier than anybody to have him back is his point guard. That's Drew Holiday.
2: I think it looked pretty good. Uh, obviously a little rusty and been out there for a while. Uh, Got to get his win back, but I mean, he's Eric. He's, he's tough, he's a bulldog, so. Um, I guess about him coming back tomorrow, I don't, I don't really know about that. Uh, I think that's up to him and the training staff, and we'll see where it goes from there.
1: So Holiday and Greg Gordon should be alongside each other in the starting five tonight. Uh, if Tyreek Evans can't go, I would just assume that Luke Babbitt stays at the small forward position where he has already started 18 games this year. Uh, A lot to do with the decision on whether or not Eric could play tonight had to do with how things went in practice yesterday. Yesterday was a full-blown practice for the Pelicans at their facility on Airline Drive and uh, head coach Monty Williams says the practice and Eric's performance in practice were plenty good.
2: He looked pretty good. Um, His conditioning is better than I thought it was. Obviously, we didn't scrimmage a lot today, but we got up and down some. He looks pretty good. I, Eric can play. You know, it's just a matter of him getting his timing back and getting acclimated to, you know, playing with this group of guys again.
1: Well, and as far as getting Eric Gordon back in the groove, even though it's been 21 games, head coach Monty Williams says this shouldn't be a problem.
2: Yeah, like I said yesterday, it's not like we've won 10 games in a row and we were like, you know, the Bulls back in the day. I mean, we we need all the good players we can have on the floor, so. I, don't, I think the guys are, are ready for him to, to be back. I think if you talk to the guys in our team, they have an appreciation for Eric now that they didn't have before. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's gotten a lot of flack from a lot of people. And, you know, I've, I've been steady in the fact that I know what he brings to the table. And I think everybody can see what we've been missing. And, I, you know, that should be a jolt to our team. And I think our guys welcome that.
1: All right, so there you have it. I think that we're going to have a good crowd again tonight. Boy, the last three home crowds have been fantastic. Uh, I know it's a Monday night. I know kids are back in school, you're back to work and whatnot, but don't sleep on a matchup here with the Wizards. It is their lone visit of the year. As I mentioned, they are 22-11 and 11 coming into this one. Pelicans will be on the road Wednesday and then back home on Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies, another big game. And on a Friday night, I bet tickets go pretty quick for that one. As always, pelicans.com. If you want to go that route or you can always pick up the telephone the old-fashioned way, 504-525-HOOP. One more note on the Pelicans before we get to the NFL playoffs. How about Jimmer Fredette the last three games? He is averaging 22 minutes per game all of a sudden, has scored 11 points per game in that stretch, and is shooting, um, I did my notes this morning, he's over 50% uh, from the field during that same stretch. So we'll see if he's able to continue his contributions off the Pelicans bench, which is currently uh, led by, of course, Ryan Anderson, who's shooting above his per-game average over the last three as well. When we come back, Steve White from the NFL Network. We'll talk NFL playoffs here on this Monday in just a moment.
4: At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, Even our kids only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. All
1: right, as promised, Steve Weitz from the NFL Network back with us here on the Black and Blue Report this uh, chilly Monday morning here across the Gulf South. Uh, Steve, first of all, good morning. Happy, happy holidays. Um, uh, happy playoffs, even better. How about that?
3: Sounds good, man. Happy Happy New Year, happy holidays, and happy
1: playoffs to you, too. Yeah, thank you very much. Are you a little upset this morning that we're talking a lot about Officiating with regard to yesterday's football game in Dallas,
3: I won't be upset. You know, I I hate that games are not um, the the so-called players don't decide them. You know, normally you don't want to draw officiating into this. You can you can say that look, Detroit had opportunities to win that ball game besides that call, but that call, uh, it was wrong. To, to kind of see that the no explanation at the time on the field, it was a game-changing play. I mean, it was, you know, Detroit's got some momentum. They would have moved close to the red zone, had another new set of downs. You, know, you change your play calling, and, and Dallas is on its heels a little bit because I believe that was a big third. It would have been a big third-down conversion. Um, it changes things. And then you see on the next drive when Dallas has the ball, you get a couple – defensive holding calls, and so you can see the conspiracy theorists really, I mean, they've got all the ammo they need to kind of say, hey, look, you know, the refs, the refs tilted this game in Dallas's favor. And it's a tough call. I think these post-game conversations about it, though, are legitimate. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be interesting on NFL Network. We're going to have Dean Blandino, the head of officials, explain uh, exactly what happened, and I think we're all waiting to hear he says it was a wrong call.
1: Uh, all right. Well, with that being said, though, Steve, how how big is the divide between what people, what football people say about that football game and the impact of that call or no call, and what fans think? Yeah, are they closer together or are they further apart?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's a divide. Okay. I mean, yeah, I, I think anyone who saw that play will say, "How is that not a pass interference? There was holding ahead of time. There was all the contact." And the defender, even though there's no face guarding in the NFL, the defender did not make a play on the ball while there was contact. And some people make the argument that was a non catchable ball. Could have been a catchable ball. Right. Had the defender turned his head around, it might have created a window for the receiver to get his hands on the ball. So, no, I don't think there's a divide. I think, you know, other than Dallas Cowboys fans who are happy to be moving on to face Green Bay majority of the people who saw that play are going to feel that Detroit got got jobbed on that
1: part. and I, and I guess that's the divide I'm asking about is you know is is the you know you've got one camp that says that Detroit got jobbed and therefore they got you know screwed out of a win if you will for lack of a better phrase I guess and then you've probably got some football people that say yeah it was pass interference but at the end of the, at the end of the day Dallas is going to win that football game you know what I'm saying yeah I, I, I yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to have people
3: saying that, like, look, Detroit did not make enough plays to win that football game. You can't hang it on one play. Well, you, you and I are both from St. Louis, right? And I'm assuming if you're a true St. Louis and you're a diehard baseball Cardinals fan like me. Well, I remember 1985, the World Series against the Kansas City Royals, there was a there was a bad call at first base by an umpire named Don Deckinger, a name that none of us from St. Louis will ever forget. And it swayed the World Series. The Cardinals would have gone on to win – Game six of the World Series, and and it would have been over. Now the Cardinals had a Game Seven; they could have came back and won, but they didn't. But that one call lives in infamy, and for a Lion fans and a lot of football folks who saw that play, they're going to say, "Well, yeah, okay, Detroit may not have ended up winning that game, but they would have had a better opportunity to state their case as victors had that had that, that flag not been picked up."
1: I was having a pretty good Monday until you brought up the whole Don Dinkinsure Kansas yeah. City Royals Cardinals thing. You know. Uh, okay. that's, that's a
3: tough one. It's hard for us to swallow.
1: Yes, uh, it is. Uh, and it still stings this many years later. Anyway, um, okay, that aside, um, did the right teams win or the teams that were supposed to win yesterday and Saturday end up winning here in the wild card round?
3: I mean, it's hard to the right teams, but, you know, in terms of matchups, yeah. I mean, Baltimore Baltimore went up to Pittsburgh on the road and handled its business. I mean, yes, the Steelers did not have Le'Veon Bell, but, um, but that defense that has a very weak secondary didn't let Pittsburgh make the big plays it normally makes. So it won. Indianapolis and Cincinnati, um, look, bad matchup. That's one where the matchup is bad because Indianapolis took apart Cincinnati the same exact way early in the season. and That's where you say, look, this, this is the perfect fit for Indianapolis. And, and they won at home. Dallas winning, I'm sure there's a lot of folks who say, you'd rather see the Cowboys play. Uh, Green Bay than Detroit well I don't know Detroit and Green Bay split during the regular season that could have been a heck of a a rubber match Um, but the Cowboys are going there and it's a great matchup you know you've got the team with the great running game you get the team with uh, the great you know the the great passing game A quarterback who's from Wisconsin and Dallas going back to Wisconsin to try to knock off one of the best teams over the past five or six years in the NFL and then the, the Carolina you know the Carolina game over Arizona Seattle is one, your heart kind of goes out to Arizona. I mean, they were able to have such a good season with just dire circumstances at quarterback, and and finally the clock struck 12. Now Carolina has given Seattle fits for their past two meetings, both of which have been in Carolina, both of which Seattle's won, but those have been very, very good games. And I think this is going to be a a tougher matchup uh, for Seattle than a lot of people might think, even though the game is in Seattle.
1: Well, you you would have to, I guess, go further for me because I just I just don't see how Carolina goes in there and and makes this a game. I I'm just looking at the way that Seattle finished the regular season. I'm looking at the way that they love to play at home, especially now in the postseason. Uh, give me something, Steve, that that, that that leads you to believe it's closer than I do. I guess.
3: Well, I think Seattle's going to win because the one thing the Seahawks do is, especially they showed in the postseason and big games. They erased the tight end, and as we know, Greg Olson is Cam Newton's probably best, most reliable target in the passing game. But what um, Carolina is doing in the run game is pretty unique. I mean, they're, they're, they they have a lot of motions. It's not just a read option. They've got a lot of things off of it. That's confusing. I mean, they they, I mean, they just took apart an Arizona defense that's really, really, really good. I mean, they moved the ball, you know, pretty much when they wanted to. And so Seattle, I think, is is playing better right now than Arizona's defense, but it can be prone to be getting hit for some runs. And they're healthy at running back. Carolina is for the first time in the season. So I think there's some opportunities up there for them um, not to get stampeded. And we also know Seattle's more of a second-half team. So if Carolina put some points on the board in the first half, that could put a little bit more pressure on Seattle's offense to score. And, and Carolina's defense, Those linebackers are are as good as anybody's, including Seattle's in the NFL.
1: Steve Weitz from the NFL Network with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, two questions before I let you go, Steve, um, and probably not real easy ones either. If I had to to have you reseed all eight teams left, um, regardless of conference, who's the number one seed? Um, And then the second question is, um, and I know this is probably even harder, if I could only uh, allow you to watch one game this coming weekend, which one is it and why?
3: Okay, based on the upcoming matchups, I give Seattle the number one seat. Cause I think they've got a more favorable matchup than New England does. That New England-Ravens game is going to be tough because we know Baltimore has gone out there and beaten twice in the past couple years in the playoffs. So right. the Patriots the Patriots would probably be two. Um, I, I won't take you through all, through all of them here, but then i probably put uh, the Broncos three, the Packers four, if, if we're going to kind of go through that because I think the Broncos will, will beat Indianapolis and Denver and then the Packers four, tough game. Uh, in that scenario um if i have one game if i have one game i want to see
1: yeah
3: or as much as we just Talked about the Cowboys, I wanted the, <laughs> the Packers-Cowboys game out of all of them. Even though I think the uh, the Ravens-Patriots game is going to be fantastic as well.
1: Yeah, I, I do too. I really think that's that's something. Um, the way Joe Flacco has uh, risen to the occasion in the postseason. Yeah. And this in this idea that Baltimore uh, doesn't have any fear of playing on the road. Number one, um, you better have that going to New England. I, I just I really love the way this weekend's going to shape out. Um, and you know, I'd rather see, of course, you know, the Saints. Uh, and so would everybody else listening to this podcast right now, but uh, Steve, you know, look this this is good stuff coming up this weekend in the NFL.
3: It, it's, it, it always is, um, and we know there is going to be a team that's gonna, that's that we're not expecting to win that's going to win, which is which is going to make it better. So I, I love the matchups. I think they're fantastic matchups, and I'm sure the league is uh, is pretty happy. You know, I'm sure Detroit Lions fans are not pretty
1: happy. I'm sure, yes, and uh, and I wish them all the best, no doubt about that. I know that you guys will be covering all angles on NFL Network coming up this week. You know, all eyes on Aaron Rodgers and that calf muscle, the weather in all these cities, too. You guys always have it covered and do a great job. I appreciate you coming on with us, Steve.
3: Absolutely, Sean. Take care. All right,
1: Steve Wesh with us from the NFL Network. We'll continue on the Black the Blue and Blue Report in just a moment.
0: You hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Rolling something! Ha-ha! <laughs> Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000
4: in your back pocket.
0: Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today.
4: Now that's better than
0: the good beads, baby.
4: Must be at least 21 to purchase.
0: Tell the world the outsiders are coming. Funny hell, man. Eric Church is coming. The Outsiders World Tour invades New Orleans. With the bad news, with the young guns, with the ones that they told you to run from. Eric Church live in concert hometown. this Thursday night live at Smoothie King Center. you gotta do is put a drink in my hand. Eric Church.
1: Drink a little
0: drink, smoke a little smoke here's to us, here's to Very special guest, Hail Storm
4: Here's to us
0: Buy tickets now at the box office All Ticketmaster outlets by phone or at Ticketmaster.com Join the church choir and more at ericchurch.com The Outsiders World Tour Produced by the Messina Group, AEG Live New album, The Outsiders, out now it's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: All right, coverage tonight on the Pelicans radio network starts at 7 o'clock. John DeShazer and I will have the call for you of Pelicans and the Wizards. Joel Myers, David Wesley, Jennifer Hale on Fox Sports New Orleans. Their coverage begins actually at 630 Central on Fox Sports New Orleans with pregame and then tip-off scheduled just after 7 p.m. tonight. Daniel Salerson will be in the studio with us tonight as well and uh, he'll take us through Pelicans at the half and then break it all down for you before the end of the night. Therefore, tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, we'll review, of course, the um, Pelicans and Wizards game and uh, talk about the road trip upcoming for the Pelicans. It's an up and back to Charlotte. And, of course, we'll uh, handle what we uh, talked about earlier at the Saints headquarters with General Manager and Vice President Mickey Loomis. That's all yours tomorrow. Thanks again to... Steve Weinch from the NFL Network today, and for Daniel Salerson helping us gather uh, the news of the day with the New Orleans Pelicans. Daniel also wants to remind you, as does Lou Schumann, who's with us in uh, our Smoothie King Center studios today, that those of you catching uh, the black and blue report outside of the New Orleans Metro may find the game on NBA TV tonight as well. Good night, guys. Thank you very much. And on that note, we will bid everyone do. Stay warm the Gulf Coast, most of the country for that matter. It is uh, a little frosty as expected here in January. Go Pelicans, go Saints. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at neworleansaints.com and pelicans.com